Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One other thing. Really quickly, yep. Yeah, look, uh, 2024, we want Adam Simpson. And I'm encouraging every West Coast Eagles supporter at the 24-minute mark of the first quarter on Saturday night, we all need to stand and cheer and say, we want Simo. Bring your signs, bring your pictures. Let's show him our support. Let him know that we want him for our club. There you go. There's Steve from Bunbury, 24-minute mark of the first quarter. Support um, Adam Simpson. Yes, a lot of rallying for support behind the beleaguered coach, Adam Simpson, of course, particularly in the wake of that superb seven-point win over the Western Bulldogs on the weekend. Of course, it's not the biggest issue in WA footy at the moment. There's real concern up Northampton Way. Josh Kennedy kicked two goals four on the weekend. There's there's a lot of work for Josh to be doing to tidy up his kicking, uh, and we need to talk to him about that, what he's working on, how he's going to get to the bottom of it. Josh... Welcome to the show. Good morning, mate. How are you? Not too bad. So what happened, mate? A, bit, a lot of wind? Sort of uh, <laughs> uh, flat football? Uh, the burlies. I'm going to blame the burlies. I'm used to the sound, but we'll blame the burlies. But no, nah, uh, the, the one thing you get taught as a kid is practice makes perfect. And I haven't been practicing more set shots than goalkeeping. I used to do about 60 to 100 shots a week, and that's probably dropped down to around zero to one. And um, I think this... <laughs> <laughs> this next <laughs> this next two weeks, I think that's all I'll be doing daily. We'll be down the park having uh, having shots on goal. So you are now ready to play in the grand final, is that right? Yeah, so we've um, we made the grand final. We, we uh, played brigades obviously in, in the first final because um, we finished second. Brigades obviously on top, and brigades have been an amazing football club. Had so much success over the last few years, and they won the you know three flags over over the last few and. Um, very disciplined side, but yeah, couldn't be more prouder of the Northampton boys. Um, you know, regardless of me and Harry playing, they probably would have won. They would have won anyway. And um, the way they played was was exceptional. And, and to do it for the town, um, which hasn't been in the grand final for 19 years, um, yeah, everyone was pretty pumped. The last time my hometown, West Arthur, won a flag was in 1976. JK and wow. and they don't even have a team anymore. They had to merge with Wagen to <laughs> to keep going. But I do remember yeah. when they won the flag in 76 they drank the town dry <laughs> well yeah well our coach's dad owns the top pub so the miners arms so it'll be interesting to see whether we win or lose um yeah he might have a few taps empty um moving into yeah after that yeah i think they're asking people to drive to collie <laughs> to to get more beer because they were in no fit state too so uh, <laughs> obviously there was a great win for West Coast on the weekend, seven-point victory over yeah. the Western Bulldogs. Did you see it coming? And B, what does it mean? Yeah, it was it was fantastic, and um, we've seen the boys respond. You know, this year there's been a, there's been a few big, I suppose, smashings, and following up the week after, you know, there has been response, and it was great to see another response. Just watching, you know, on TV and. 
and I suppose the boys playing with a fair bit of emotion and, um, you know, the pressure and effort, which we've talked about all year, which hasn't been consistent. And um, that's one thing, you know, whether it's a half or, you know, not even um, sometimes that with their pressure and effort, their, their pressure was unbelievable. And to go into that last quarter, obviously that pressure stat was 220 plus and, um, you know, Bulldogs got in front, you know, led by Bont and um, some of their key players who looked like they were, they were driving hard to, to get that win. But, to see the fight from them and, and come back and yeah kick those last three goals in that, that last quarter to, to get that victory it was um yeah I was I was jumping around a fair bit it was, it was bloody exciting. So it looked like Adam Simpson had a very good day in the coach's box. One with there was the plan to take the game on to take the ball through the middle and test the Bulldogs' will to defend and the Bulldogs were found wanting in that area. But also I thought that. He pulled the right reins at the right time with Elliot Yo getting him back into the middle when Bontempelli looked like he was going to take the game um, over, basically, uh, in that third quarter. And I think that the other thing, even the substitute of Zane True coming into the game, but also going in and around stoppages where Zane True has a bit of talent. He contributed in that area and also bobbed up and kicked a goal. So all in all, I felt a, a pretty good day in the coach's box for Adam. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, well, him, yeah, him and all the coaches, you know, um, you know, have done have done pretty well, um, you know, with this game. And, and I suppose they're planning into it, and and obviously the boys have been able to execute it. And um, Truy is obviously, yeah, he's, he's got some speed. He's got some, you know, amazing touch with the footy, and um, he came on straight away and had an impact. And we saw him running, um, you know, pretty hard in those first five minutes, and um, was in a couple of those link up plays forward, and then eventually, obviously, kicking goal, which was which was fantastic to see. And, and having Yoey, you know. He's, he's our best player um, when he's up and going and having him in the midfield more obviously you know it's, it's a benefit to the team And um, but you know he Simo said in his press conference he probably pushed him too hard in the midfield and he has a little hammy now which is um, you know probably the bittersweet out of the whole whole game but um, but yeah it was um, it was obviously great by Simo and the coaches on, on some of the moves they made but the players in, in what they did during the week and um, being able to execute it on game day and, and show that fight um, after after last week which was quite tough it was um, yeah it was it was great to see yeah I was going to ask you about yeah I was going to ask you about that later but let's cover it off now um the fact that he's he's gone in there and he's played those extra minutes and now he's hurt again, what does that tell you for him going forward? Do they just have to accept that he's now a backman that has very short bursts in the middle? Is that how he has to be used in the future? No, no not necessarily. I just think it's just been the consistency in, in training for him. So um, how early it goes into this break and um, his pre-season and, and obviously they'll, they'll monitor it a fair bit um, as he's coming towards the, the back end of his, his career with a few injuries so um, but consistency in playing and training especially with um, you know with his legs and the way they go he just needs to, to keep doing that and the durability will come with that so um, I assume that you know he, he Either way, he's pretty good down back, which is which has been good to see. But you know, his best asset is being in that midfield, and, and hopefully, over the course of this next preseason and rolling in, he doesn't have too many mishaps and he just gets that consistency in training and playing. Jeremy McGovern going back into Jamara Eugle Hagen in the first quarter. That was going to yeah. be was going to be a car crash. That one, and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, like in a in what is essentially a dead rubber. Um, that was amazing. And I think McGovern gave us all a reminder of what a great player he is. Yeah, well, 
you talk about all the leaders, um, you know, at, at West Coast and the way they played this week, and, and obviously coming off obviously that that, that terrible derby, and um, they galvanised together, and you could see it on the field and the way they're playing, and um, they all did special things. But you know, Gov in in he just wants to win. Um, he always has done that. He's a very competitive beast, and um, obviously with the talent he's got, you know, that's why he's been a, a superstar and, and a great player for this footy club. But you know, when there is efforts like that, and and also for him coming off a few concussions as well. So um, putting his body on the line, you know, for the footy club and, and the boys out there, um, that's that's why we love playing with Gov and, and that's why he's, he's one of the leaders of our footy club and, um, yeah, everyone loves playing with him. And, of course, Tim Kelly's first quarter as well. You don't see many more influential quarters of footy than that, do you? Six, six score involvements. I think there was about 260 metres gained for the team, 13 disposals. Um, his ability to get the ball forward. And I suspect also the Western Bulldogs and their supporters will be looking at, at that and going, any danger of anyone getting anywhere near him? Uh, because he was yeah. he was running one way with, uh, uh, with, with no company whatsoever. But that was an incredible start. And it, it really got the Eagles into the game, didn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, it was obviously a fantastic start and, and finishing with 32 touches. I'm not too sure what the score assists were at the end, but you know, having six in that first quarter, he was, was a massive part of of that lead. Of you know, 30 odd points at the start. So, um, yeah, the way TK goes about it, um, his clearance work is, is exceptional. And yeah, I, I was I was very surprised that um, they didn't try and lock him down or have someone go to him. Um, they obviously thought that um, they could just match it in the end and uh, maybe you know blow West Coast out. You know, with a bit of steam, but um, but TK pushed through and, and and did his thing, and and he adjusted as the game went on, and and obviously had another cracker and a big reason why they won. Twelve score involvements by the end of the game, uh, Josh. Yeah, that. and I think what I think what the Bulldogs were thinking, and particularly when Bontempelli took over the third quarter and had the sort of third quarter that that. Um, Tim had had in the first quarter. I think they just thought, well, that would continue, and I think that was why the yeah. yo, the yo move into the middle was so was so important because it, it gave West Coast that counter ball, if you like, to um, to what Bonampelli was doing for them. Um, I guess the big question is, what does it mean uh, for Adam Simpson? What 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 does it mean in your eyes? Because when I asked you about his future last week, you thought he was the right guy, but you weren't sure he was going to get the opportunity. So do you think this changes anything? Um, uh, I'm not too sure. It's, it's a tough one because it's been, a, it's been a big year for the football club. It's been a big year for Simo. And, um, you know, had a few discussions and the decision's not going to be made till, you know, after the season. Um, but we, we have seen you know, this fight, um, you know, with the players and the coaches in, in some good games this year. And it's been inconsistent. And um, as Simo mentioned, and a lot of people have, you know, that inconsistency does come with teams that are down the bottom of the ladder and um, transition the list and, and, and everything like that. But you look at these games and you go, there's something there. There's some good young kids coming through. Some of the, you know, there's older players that, um, you know, people are telling to move on, you know, have still got some good fight and go and they're showing great leadership. And um, and the coaches, you know, a big part of how the, how the group are, are travelling. And, yeah, so with this game, I, I don't think it would change kind of the decision, um, you know, what, what the board is thinking and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops over over the next few weeks, and um, you know whether Simo's the right man for the job in, in their eyes, and um, you know if not, um, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it'll be a sad day for the footy club. 
Do you have a feel for it either way, Josh? You were you were very fifty fifty on it last week. Do you has that changed at all? Yeah, uh, nah, no, nah, I'm still fifty fifty. You know, I was kind of, um, you know, if the board were going to make a decision, and obviously Simo wanted to know, and, and it was time for him to leave. You know, you'd hope that they'd have a send off game, but um, but obviously their decision's going to be made after the season. And um, yeah, I'm still a bit fifty fifty. 50-50 with it and um, you know who knows which way it's going to go but um, but Simo's you know the list he's been building over the last few years and, and kind of you know what's been happening this year and, and moving forward with all the draft picks they'll get next year and, and over the coming years you know um, I have no doubt that he, he, he will be able to take the team back to finals um, but it's just yeah it'd be interesting to see how the board pans out If you want someone to fix your kicking you could do worse than go and talk to your Northampton mate Jamie Cripps he was absolutely clutch <laughs> After half time, I think he had four goes at it and he nailed them all, and that was pretty critical to the win. Now it's been a big week for Cripe. He's obviously had a new barber and little boy, and and then flew over the day before and and rolls into a you know a massive win for the footy club and and, and a big and he played a big part of it, kicking five straight. So um, Cripe has always been a dominant player. I've loved being able to play football with him. The work ethic that he has um, and being able to hit the scoreboard doesn't come all the time, but you know when he's on, he's on. And, um, he really stood up, had a bit of time out this year and, and being able to get back into the rhythm of you know his role for the team and, and also having an impact. Um, yeah, it, it was great to see. But you know the funniest bit was the interview after. I don't know if you caught that, but he, he ended up swearing. So I think he was uh, pretty relaxed after the game. So he got caught swearing on live TV, which was pretty funny. Mate, he's a good swearer, Jamie. Like we used to go along to training a bit, and he was he was quite capable of dropping a big one in training sessions as well. He's uh, he, he's, he's an angry ant. He's an angry ant, and he's from Northampton, so it's no it's not not a good combo sometimes. <laughs> It's, the kicking style, particularly the set shot routine, is very simple. There's not a lot that can go wrong with it, is there? There's not a lot of... Well, there's no unnecessary moving parts, if you like. It's very straightforward. He runs straight, he drops it low and straight, he follows through straight. And um, at the end of the day, it's very fundamentally sound. Yeah, no, he's always had that technique, you know, even since a kid. And a um, bit like, you know, kind of Jack Darlings, you know, everything's just straight, body straight. Um, the way he goes through it, he's got a lot of power in his kick and... Um, you know, it, it's great to see him. He kicks some, you know, he kicks some ripper goals from, you know, at that junction in that pocket, and um, also ones, you know, long outside of that forty to fifty meter mark, which he, he has ease with kicking them. So, um, yeah, it's been great to see him. I suppose have an impact after a year where he's um, he's been out most of the year. Now, I want to stress at the top of this question, I'm not suggesting that we raise any fierce tanking debate or anything like that, but the fact that the win costs will probably cost West Coast the number one draft pick. Do, do players discuss this stuff? I, I don't think players ever go out and not try, but do, does this get no. talked about um, at training sessions when you're down near the bottom, you know, that uh, um, who's available and, and what the consequences of winning or losing might be, or is it just completely irrelevant to players? Oh, I think it's irrelevant, yeah, to be honest. And, you know, there'll be uh, jokes and banter, you know, kind of around it, but nothing in, uh, you know, a serious way. And um, every team, you know, in these positions, you know, go out to win. And, you know, uh, everyone gets sort of hung up on, on one draft pick or one player. You know, I, I don't think that one player is the messiah for a footy club, you know, to build them right back up. You know, there's a lot of, you know, obviously positives to having a player, you know, whether it is Harley Reid or whoever goes number one. Um, everyone's saying it is Harley, but um, I don't think you can hang your hat on one player, one kid coming through the draft because you just never know how it could end up. And 
Um, it's about a team. It's about building, you know, guys in the team that are playing their role and having that consistency over the course of their career. And, you know, for West Coast to get a win, this win is so much more than that number one pick. You know, for, for the majority of that group that are going to be going through these next two, three years and winning away um, after a year they've had this year, yeah, it's that, there's a lot more positives and a lot more benefits to come out of out of it for that group rolling into this preseason and into the next few years um, and getting the number one pick. Yeah, it's also nonsensical to think there's one good kid that age in Australia and everyone else is just, um, you know, blue-collar battlers. I would imagine that there's there's probably going to be five to ten really exceptional players come out of this draft, and the key to getting that critical mass of talent on your list is not necessarily one spectacular player. It's getting that that critical mass of talent, isn't it? And that's about a number, not not necessarily one, one great player. No, definitely. And you look at, you know, the, the guys available in the draft, there's some quality young kids and we've got a WA own, you know what I mean, Dan Curtin, who's, um, you know, who's looking at, you know, in that top five pick. So, you know, we, we've got a chance to grab him now, which is, which is fantastic. And he's 195, I'm 195 centimetres and he's touted as a mid. So it's crazy, the kids these days on how they play and, you know, in the midfield and um, they're, they're as tall as, you know, kind of I am as a key position player. So it's, um yeah, it's funny. Um, regardless of tanking or whatever, one quirk of this is that if Ben Mackay from North Melbourne gets taken by another club at a high enough contract, they might be able to get picks one and two. How would you feel about a player like Ben Mackay, and you would have played on him, being worth the number two draft pick? Um, oh yeah, well it, it depends on, you know, you can you can kind of compare a number two draft pick to it to an individual player, but it, it all depends on what team and you know obviously the deals that are getting done with with that certain individual and the benefit that he's going to bring to the team and how he's going to complement what they've already got going on. So. Um, for whatever happens with that deal, if that was the case, you know, I assume that the team are looking at um, are looking, you know, at something that's going to complement the way they play, and he's going to be, you know, a big part of, I suppose, the success that they're trying to strive for. Very diplomatic, Josh. I'll say it for you, mate. Ben Mackay is not worth the number two draft pick, and uh, that you can take that to the bank from me. Josh, it's always a pleasure. Will you be there on Saturday night to see the boys off? Um, of course I will. <clears throat> of course I will. Yeah, to see. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully Boots and Bung both get up for the game. Obviously, they've, they've come through with their injuries, but um, I'm sure they will. And it's going to be a great send off. You know, having um, you know everyone there and the supporter base to um, cheer off. You know, two legends and also Nick, who, who unfortunately won't be playing, but three legends of the footy club that are finishing up this year. And yeah, I'm looking forward to I suppose being in a warm up um, around Boots and, and Bunga and um, yeah, and seeing them after the game. So it would be um, yeah, really looking forward to getting down and. and watching um, these guys finish off their careers, which, um, you know, have had a massive impact in WA and also this football club. All right, mate. I need to let you go so you can go out there and work on your kicking. Thanks for joining us on the show today. (laughs) West Coast Eagles, Josh Kennedy, uh, of course, always a regular on the show on Tuesdays.